Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out Swiss and European fintech scene, aiming to inspire entrepreneurs to launch their new ventures and connect them with incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. There are many potential entrepreneurs that are thinking about launching their new ventures, but many don't know where to start. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate Fintech ecosystem so you can get started more easily. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we are at Station F in Paris and we're joined by Min Tran and Inside Alumni. Min, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your background? Thank you, Rudy. Thanks for inviting me. So my, my background is I'm, I'm an inside of 2000 December. After graduation, I probably spent most of my career in venture capital. Two phases. The first phase was more in, in media and telecom. So I was uh, with Bertelsmann Venture in the media in New York and then later on with Nokia Venture in Helsinki. And then I, my second part was more financial services uh, based in Paris. So I started the fintech practice of uh, Trophy Capital, uh, EU VC firm, and then I created uh, AXA Venture before creating Odysseus uh, today. Can you describe Odysseus? What does it do and where are you based? So our investment strategy is to spot the equity gap between VC and alternative fund managers. So typically uh, a VC does not do alternative funds, so he invests in technology and doesn't have the mandate to do alternative funds. And then, on the other hand, the alternative fund manager um, do not do technology investment. He doesn't have the uh, uh, DNA. So what we do is we do a little bit of both. We are positioned as a venture builder between technology and alternative funds. So we invest mainly in technology in order to create new asset classes for alternative fund manager to deploy capital. And what kind of industry verticals are you focusing on? So we work on five different verticals around financial service or if you want illiquid assets or assets that can be that are non-liquid by definition, fintech, uh, obviously, uh, insurtech, wealth tech or asset management tech, called uh, invest tech nowadays, prop tech, real estate, and then um, uh, impact finance. I know that you take a more strategic angle to your investment. So, I mean, I know you, you talked a little bit about investment thesis. Can you elaborate on this a little bit more versus you pure play VC that, you know, it takes the investor stake and then they, they exit. I know that you are working with or looking to work with uh, strategic investors as well. Right. So the typical VC, we invest in a startup and we create a portfolio of companies. The typical statistics of portfolio of companies is that two thirds of companies will return zero to one X. And then one third return once to 10 or 50x. So in order to be successful VC today, you have to bet on a portfolio. And within the portfolio, you have to search for a unicorn. And therefore, you need to invest heavily to, uh, to do hyper growth and to actually have a consistent you know, growth over the years, but a very, very high growth, which creates a lot of risk. And, uh, and therefore, it's not uh, the right model, we, we believe. A lot of VC capital firms in the U.S. are shifting away from the typical 220 model, which is, you know, the VC model, and they start to become more technology investment companies, try to find companies with good growth, but create businesses on top of that. So trend called the rise of operating venture builders, and that is more what we're doing. We look for 
startups with growth, not hyper growth, but you know, reasonable growth. So 20% per year versus 100% per year. There are um, good technology companies in illiquid assets or in fintech. And with them, we try to reach a new investment class uh, in order to talk to alternative fund manager looking to invest in certain niche that are not covered by the traditional alternative fund managers. Okay, so how will you make money versus traditional VCs? How, how does your fee schedule and return look like? So we have um, two, two types of funds. The first fund are typical VC funds. We make the 220 model, so 2% of management fees and 20% of capital gain. We invest in technologies. And if I take an example, um, we, we look at SME lending all over Europe. Uh, basically, SME lending is a platform where, on one hand, you source SME not covered by banks. Uh, but with good balance sheet, with you know good uh, capacity to pay debt, and on the other hand, we look for capital from you know private capital or do corp- corporate debt as a funds. And here we make money from investing in the platform, but also by managing alternative funds. So we can create a corporate debt fund where we lend on the investment platform where we are investors and. And then we can make, you know, a performance fee or, and we, we can provide about 8% of um, IRR to funds. So as an illustrative deal, it's like investing in uh, Uber on one hand and on the other hand, buying a taxi company using Uber in order to find customers. It's like investing in Airbnb on one hand and on the other hand, create a real estate company to buy apartments that will use Airbnb to find customers. That's basically the model. Understood. You're fundraising now. What's your timeline to close? And when do you think you start making new investments? So we, uh, we started about a year ago uh, in London, Paris and Zurich. We make the first closing. So we reach um, 20% of uh, what we wanted to raise. And now we are trying to extend the, the franchise to other cities. We opened Abu Dhabi in Dubai last month. We're trying to open offices in the U.S. and uh, based on the LP universe, if you have an LP, for example, investing from Japan, we are considering opening a, an office in Tokyo. And we will be raising, you know, in the next couple of years, I guess, to reach, uh, you know, the, the 80, 100% of the, the target size of the funds. So what kind of startups have you invested in so far and which ones you're the most proud of? So we have made four investments that are public. And we are working on four more yeah, for the summer. The two that we can mention are, one is um, called Grid Finance. It's SME lending in Ireland. It's interesting because when we invest in that company, we, uh, we kind of see that there's a huge opportunity for SME lending in Europe. So the next move what we want is to create a SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Company, to invest in similar grids all over Europe to consolidate SME lending and have a pan-European SME lending platforms to deploy capital. And the other one is uh, White Box. It's a robot advisor in Germany, in Switzerland. And since we invested there, multiplied their asset under management by two or three. In a similar manner, we're trying to buy new asset under management from wealth manager or traditional asset management company because we want to digitalize asset under management. From your personal track record, like what's the, uh, what's the startup investment that you are the most proud of? I started my track record by investing in a company called uh, Jaiku. Back in Nokia Venture, it was an investment and about 10 months later, we sold it 10x to Google. That's the first one, my first track record. My second track record is another company in, um, in an art network 
So basically, we raised five million. We invested five million uh, in that company. Um, after 15 months, there's about 50 million of uh, turnover. We did a build-up in the U.S. And at that time, I was an investment director, but also an operating partner. So I was more involved in hands-on business. And then we sold it for $150 million to uh, Navtech at that time. Right. In terms of life cycle, what kind of startups are you looking for? Where are you looking to invest and what, what kind of series, uh, you know, how big they should be? What sort of geographies? I invest mainly in financial services. So in that manner, I, I look at all startups at any kind of stage, from early stage to late stage, even sometimes private equity in fintech, insurtech, and so on and so forth. Then the particularity of uh, our investment thesis is that we work with our LP on a certain investment domain. So each LP that are investing in our funds are telling us uh, we, want to do, uh, we want to see robot advising, we want to see prop tech, and so on. More specific domain within prop tech how to make you know, your real estate asset more liquid you know, as a theme. And then what we do is we search based on the theme on, on four startups worldwide. So we have two ways to do it. We have the f- typical you know, direct way as a VC. So we talk to them, we search on the internet, we go to conferences like any other VC. But in addition to that, we have um, developed a proprietary uh, data cruncher. It's like a crunch base or a pitch book. It's on technology. It's a robot advisor that go and search for the right startups based on description in English and in French. And then therefore we have like a scorecard. So it's like a Google search, but more sophisticated. And then the two methods, one is more qualitative, you know, going to conferences. And the other one is more quantitative. We just call the, the, the website for, for startup in those themes. And then we merge the two findings to provide uh, interesting insight to our LPs. And then when we invest, we try to have a kicker by creating a business deal with the LP. So if we invest, for example, in a robo-advisor, we try to have a wealth manager and investor and probably try to get the robo-advisor to manage certain assets under management of, of, um, of the LP. And what size of tickets are you looking at? We invest typically $1 million for seed investments and $3 million for Series A. When you come for Series B, it's like, uh, you know, between 6 and 10. And if it's above our mandate, what we do is, we, we, with our LPs, we have created a club deal. So in asset management, we're starting to create a club deal to co-invest with other LPs, you know, with uh, opportunity funds or strategic investments. You talked about how you scout for new ideas, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of qualitative and, and quantitative approach. Obviously, there you come into interaction with other players or other actors in the startup or investment ecosystem. So with whom do you cooperate or do you go on your own? How does that work? We, uh, we cooperate a lot with VCs, obviously, but also with Accelerator. The one that I work the most with is Startup Bootcamp, InsurTech and Investec. And then we uh, are member of an association of family office uh, named Club B. Uh, composed of 650 uh, members, mainly family offices managing more than 1 billion. And then we make some club deals. So we actually, when we have a good investment, try to connect with uh, the older families and so on. So uh, we, were, we were saying corporate investments, strategic investments with institutions and corporations. But on the other hand, we work also with family offices. You spend a lot of time, obviously, working with incumbents and strategic investors and the startups as well. And, and there's been a debate for the last few years about disruption and displacing the incumbents who are slow to innovate. And now it looks like the tide has been shifting. 
and the people are more talking about partnership because from the startup perspective, they realize that it takes forever and a lot of money to take, build up a brand. And from the incumbent's perspective as well, they also realize that um, open innovation is, is actually not a bad word. It's, it's something that they should do. So what's your view on this? Do you think that the disruptors will displace the big players or partnership is actually the, the route to go with? Our belief is partnership is the best route to do it from uh, startups and from incumbents. So, for example, in the insure tech world, there's a big shift in the past few years that insurance companies that wanted to defend their position, you know, before have make a big shift in their positioning, um, and they want to be more partners versus just being payers for for their customer, and therefore they think that uh, an open innovation approach is better for them in going forward because startups are more agile, they don't have regulatory constraints, and they can then, you know, develop a good partnership together. So a lot of insurance companies, in fact, one out of two, it's actually looking now to partner with startups. And the problem is that they cannot do it on their own because of their organization setup and their culture. And therefore, they have at their disposal two tools to do it. The first one is being an investor in a VC fund, like a limited partner with a general partner. Uh, which is great, but they can uh, good investors, they have access to deal flow, but the problem is they cannot decide because they're just LP, so therefore the GP decides and they can just do whatever investment they want. The second tool is corporate venture, and therefore there's a great way to do strategic investments, but it's costly, you don't have the right team, and sometimes with political uh, issues, you know, it doesn't work very well. So what we offer for certain LPs it's a concept that we call VC as a service. It's basically a third kind of option, which is more a blue ocean kind of strategy where you get the best of both worlds. In fact, you decide on the investment you want to do, like corporate VC, but you actually don't handle everything. So the sourcing, the investment, the portfolio management, and you know the follow-up for the partnership is done externally by us uh, on the platform. And we've ordered LP for, you, for, for one LP, and we found it's a very good deal. So in order to facilitate partnership between incumbent and startups, we create that service, VC as a service uh, going forward. All right, great. And so my last question would be, if aspiring entrepreneurs are, look, are listening to this or investors or corporates, incumbents, and they are, they are interested in partnering up with you, how do they find you? My email is min at odysseus.venture. It's also written on my LinkedIn. Um, and then uh, otherwise, dealflow at odysseus.ventures. Thank you.